Hello and welcome to the This Is Marketing Podcast. I'm Ross Marone, and in this episode, we're going to talk about creating content for YouTube. As any type of business, if you are not taking advantage of what YouTube has to offer right now as part of your digital marketing strategy, you're leaving a lot of opportunity out there to miss engagement interactions with customers. I've been on YouTube for as far back as I can remember. I think when YouTube came out and I got a Google account, uh, I think I signed up right away. And I've had different channels that I've created over the years. I have multiple channels right now that I'm running, not only through where I work, but also for the podcast, I have them for just a random review and how-to channel, which is me doing things around my house that I would be doing anyway, but just recording it and sharing that because at the end of the day, I think that people want to find content on YouTube that is relevant. Now, let's talk a little bit about some of the changes YouTube has been making and why I think that's important for right now as a great time for your business to get on YouTube and really incorporate it in as part of your digital strategy uh, I also want to talk a little bit about how easy it is to create content using things you have around your house, things you have in your hand, your cell phone. So let's start with just some of the changes. In the last year, YouTube has really focused on cleaning up the type of content that's being created. And in doing so, they've made some changes to how you can monetize, how channels actually get rewarded for subscribership, and really the type of content that they're going to watch and monitor. So the first change that they really made in the last year that was big was changing monetization from just being the anybody that has a channel and has a lot of views to requiring people to have 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time. It may not seem like it's a huge change or a big deal, but when it comes down to it, having 1,000 subscribers means a couple things for a channel. It means that you're producing content that at least people like and they choose to follow you because of it. I think a follow on YouTube is a lot different from something like Instagram or Twitter because it's somebody that is a little more in tune with what that idea of a subscribe button is. And I mean that in a way that if I'm watching a channel on YouTube and there's interesting content and I wanna see more, I will hit that subscribe button. But if I catch a one-off video and I go over to the channel and I look and there's nothing else there, the likelihood of me subscribing is not there. And I think that's pretty true for any kind of consumer or viewer on YouTube now. And so by making that change, YouTube's saying, look, if you're going to create content, we want the content to be high quality or high value to the end user that's watching. And if they like it, they're going to subscribe. And if they subscribe and you get enough and people are watching your content, we're going to reward you by allowing your channel to become monetized. Right now, my biggest channel that I have only has 600 subscribers. And you may say 600 is a lot, or you may say it's not. I mean, when you look at some of the big YouTube channels, there's millions of subscribers to a channel. And as soon as they produce a video, they get hundreds, if not millions of views, basically overnight. You think about the monetization that goes along with that. They're getting paid through YouTube, and they're making careers out of this. There's people that don't work. All they do is produce videos. So for your business... What you need to start to focus on, if you want to use YouTube as an actual channel that you're using for your marketing strategy, you need to think about what it is, the content that you're providing, and how that impacts your potential customer or just the general audience on YouTube. Another change I think that kind of plays into that is YouTube is really going towards these subscriptions that help replace cable. People are looking to get out of cable. They don't like paying the amounts of money that the cable companies are charging, whether it's DirecTV or a local cable provider, they're just so ridiculous. And I myself cut cable 
and found that what I like is I'm finding more valuable content. And so is my family. I have kids, my wife. We're sitting down and watching shows that we really fall in love with. And it's that content of the videos that we're watching that make us keep coming back. YouTube is doing that because I think they're seeing an opportunity for them to have people creating content and then being able to push that out to people to watch on their own TVs. You're going to see a lot more YouTube subscription services being installed on TVs. You have that opportunity to sign up for a couple bucks a month to do it. And in doing so, they're forcing content creators to really think deeply about the content they're creating. As a business, I think there's three kind of areas you can focus on when creating content for YouTube. One would be that pre-purchase. So whether you sell products or you sell services, if you're trying to get somebody to understand what it is that your product or service does or what your business does, you create pre-product, pre-sell videos so that somebody could come on and research you. And in producing that type of content, you're offering the opportunity for somebody to almost engage and understand what it is you offer without making that purchase. Sometimes we make purchases and we don't know what we're going to use the product for until we have it in our hands. But by creating some videos around that ahead of time, you really provide an opportunity for your business to put it all out on the table and to show what it is that you offer in a way that makes people interested in coming back and then turning that into conversions. The nice thing about it is if your channel's providing some value in that, if you're showing how to do something ahead of time, you're going to get subscribers. And like I said, that threshold's a thousand. So when you get that thousand subscribers and they're watching your content, that's why YouTube added that 4,000 hours of watch time. When you add in that variable to everything, it means that not only is the content that we're putting up there good, but it has some substance to it. It has some length to it. We're getting the hours of watch time that you want. And then they offer you the ability to monetize that. And by monetizing it, you're able to make back money on those types of things. So first videos that you focus on, pre-sales. Second, I think, is once somebody makes that initial purchase. It could be a first-time user. It could be a repeat user. be somebody upgrading a service or a product that they already have from you. You're showing how to use that product. So you're giving an, an idea of this product now in your hands. Here's how you do use it. Here's what you do with it. And that adds a whole nother layer to what you're doing on your YouTube strategy. Third thing that I think you can focus on that's also very important is down the road upgrades, more offers, uh, testimonies from people who have used the product or service for a length of time, showing the value that that has. So you put all these videos out there and you're not saying that anyone that watches these videos has to be one of those levels because people are going to discover your content no matter what. There's over a billion, maybe two billion at this point, active users on YouTube every month. Two billion people watching videos every single month on YouTube, which means there's no ends to YouTube that aren't going to be seen by somebody at some point. And if I've learned anything through my channel and creating content and building an audience, it's been exactly that. I might produce a video about unboxing of something I'm buying for outdoor use, like a weed whacker. And I unbox it and I talk a little bit about it, but I haven't used it yet. I'm just showing what it looks like to come out of the box. Thousands of views on those videos because people want to see what it looks like before they purchase it. They want to see what they're getting out of the box. It's not enough just to read it online or research it or see on the outside of the box what's inside. They want to actually physically see somebody handling it and doing that. So the videos that I've done in that sense have garnered thousands of views, which means there's opportunity for more of that. With my review channel, what I want to focus on this summer is producing more of those, going to actual hardware stores and buying tools and things that I need or I use every day 
and showing somebody what that looks like to bring it home, take it out of the box, open it up, and share it with them. You can convert that idea and that thought to your business with anything that you're doing. Those three levels of understanding, the three different types of videos, when you're offering that opportunity for somebody to engage you along the line, you're really selling and driving home the value of your business, your product, your services that you provide. You're driving home the value to the end user so that even if they're not a customer, by viewing all three levels, they know what they can expect if they purchase from you. That's the best type of marketing that you can put out there. You're not limited to 30 seconds. You're not limited to a minute. You don't have to break the bank to produce the video. You don't have to break the bank to actually market out the video. You're just posting it organically and people are going to discover it because of how YouTube is changing over time, how they're becoming more of this subscription service. Find us on your TV, do things and and watch us and engage with us. That's very powerful and that's a huge opportunity right now for you to get into that game and produce videos. So let's talk about the actual production. Do you need to go out and spend tens of thousands of dollars on a camera? No, you don't. If you own a cell phone that I would say is produced in the last three years, you have the highest quality camera you could probably find in the lower end digital side of things. You have audio that you can really use and hack and understand how to use even better. And you have the ability to install editing software that's free. Even this podcast right now that I'm recording, You can tell it sounds a little different from my other ones. It's because I'm using my cell phone to do it. I'm using an app. I have my headphones in. I'm recording it right into here. I'm going to edit it. I'm going to upload it from my phone to my website, and it's going to go out to my podcasting services. It's easy enough to do for me. Now, yes, I understand technology. I've been in it for a long time. But you can go through and you can play with these apps and start to learn yourself how to shoot and edit video. If you have videos that you like watching, When you're watching them, instead of just listening and understanding the person that's talking, look at everything. Look at the shot. Look at the lighting. What do you see in the view of the camera that you can think about when you're doing a video yourself? I would recommend you go out and you buy a tripod and you buy a holder for your phone that connects into that tripod. That's the majority of what I use and that's really the only thing I use when I'm producing my videos on my review uh, channel is my cell phone. I use my cell phone to shoot, edit, and publish out everything. It's a one-stop shop, and it's so easy to do. When you're going to produce any one of these videos, a couple steps, a couple tips I would throw out there. Think about lighting. Natural light is great. So if you're by a window or you could be in a room that has a lot of natural light, that's ideal for shooting. Think about where the shadows are. Where do the shadows fall on you? If you're talking about a product or you're holding something, is there a lot of light hitting the front of it? Are there any shadows being cast anywhere? I'm not saying you have to get rid of them, but just be very conscious about the way that the things look, the views of everything you're doing when you're shooting that product. Audio. It's very important to be in a room that doesn't have a lot of echoes because that'll be picked up by your phone and that'll carry through your video and it'll make it really hard for people to understand what it is you're saying. So finding a room that's carpeted or that has uh, walls that aren't huge, it's not a big room, that's going to help with the sound. So That's always something that I think about. I do videos in my garage, but I have a lot of crap in my garage, so it it actually absorbs sound a little bit better. Um, A lot of the stuff that I do is in my kitchen, and it's a small space, so that it doesn't echo, it doesn't carry. There's good lighting in there. I have a lot of lights in in the kitchen, but I do have some natural window light that comes in. That's all important. How the shots are constructed is also important. If you're talking, you want to make sure that if you're talking about something and you're not showing it, 
that you're in view. Make it make sense to the end user when they're looking at you. But if you go to a part where you are talking and you're showing a product, change the camera angle. Come over your hands, come over your shoulder, show the product in front of you, talking about it. Uh, if you're using something like, let's say you're reviewing a tractor, you're selling a tractor, you want to get shots of you riding around your lawn on it and showing how it works. And then you can put a narration over it. The apps that you use to edit it allow you to do that kind of stuff. The third part of all of this is once you put it on YouTube, what do you do? How do you actually build up that audience and the subscribers? A couple keys, I think, are consistency in your content. So if you're going to do something like a review channel, make sure that it's a niche. You know, Make sure you have something that you're talking about. It could be household items. That's the niche. But when you get into household sorry, items, there's thousands of things you can talk about. So you don't limit yourself by creating a niche but you're creating content that people expect. So I know if I subscribe to you, I'm always gonna see household item reviews. Uh, if you're doing a business, you're obviously gonna be talking about a specific product, so that really helps you focus that a little more. Once you post a video on YouTube, make sure you give it a talkable description and title. What I mean by talkable is almost, actually conversational would have been a better word there. Something that's conversational. So if I asked you, what did you make a video about? And you gave me an answer like this video's a review of a tractor product, then that's what your title should be. Review of tractor and then give the name, model numbers, whatever. In the description, write a little bit more about it, include model names, uh, very detailed descriptions, and then add tags to it. That's very important for how Google will index and how people will be able to search and find you. People look for model numbers a lot online and that's what I've noticed is the review videos where I include a model number or exact title of the product tend to get a lot more hits than those when I don't. So be very descriptive. The last part of building your audience is once you have your videos up there and they start to get views and they pick up, you'll notice that people comment. They may comment positively, negatively. Regardless, I respond to everything. And I go into the comments and I engage each user. I tell them thanks for watching. I will answer questions that they have. I try to be as much of a customer service focused person online as I possibly can be. The last part of that customer service and engagement is to go to other channels and engage with users on those videos. If you see someone ask a, a question that you have an answer to on another video, respond. And don't ask them to subscribe there. Do that in your video constantly. The beginning of your video, the end, ask them to subscribe. But when you're engaging people from around the internet, don't overdo it because they'll catch you on it. So I hope that you find some value in this short podcast. I hope that it gives you some insight. And as always, I want to thank you for listening to the This Is Marketing Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Ross Marone. You just could subscribe to this podcast on your service and make sure you share it with a friend because I love when people share stuff. We'll see you next time.